Hello, everybody. It's uh, the Midlife Podcast, uh, Midlife Athlete Podcast again with me, Greg Ryan, and uh, my friend and colleague, Jason Smith. And today we're delighted to have my old friend and uh, old rugby player, friend, colleague, teammate, uh, Nick Gibbons. <laughs> Hi. To talk to- Hello. Hi, mate. How you doing? That was a great intro. I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. On the hoof. On the hoof. Uh, that's, that's how we played rugby, wasn't it? Was it on the hoof? Very much. Champagne. <laughs> Champagne. Champagne rugby, yeah. Um, so we're going to talk to Nick uh, about his uh, his exercise journey through life. Um, but principally, we're getting you on because you're about to attempt a world record uh, for burpees in an hour. Um and uh, so I think we need to break down what exactly is a burpee. What burpee you, are you doing? A, a burpee or a bastardos? Which one are you doing? Uh, well, I suppose it would be. So the original burpee was um, go down into a press up position, squat thrust, stand up, jump. Whereas a bastardo is down to a press up position, then down, then a, a, press, a up. press up. So put your chest down to the floor and then back up again and then jump. Now for the and I thought uh, I, I know you guys have mentioned your uh, the, the burpee challenges we've done before mm. and um, and we've done a lot of those but the difference between the Guinness World Record standard which I found out after I'd applied which is never <laughs> a good thing oh god was was um, is that you have to put your chest to the floor and then stick your hands out to the side to prove that your chest is on the floor. So it's kind of a hand release, press up, oh and then back up again, and then God. jump. So it's that little extra fraction of a second to stick your arms out to the side and back again. So if it wasn't oh. hard enough, then they've thrown in, you know, a, a little extra movement. <laughs> Why not? Well, but it, it makes sense, actually, from their point of view, it makes sense because you've got to prove that your chest is on the floor, and the way to do it is to lift your hands off the floor. So I, I get so- it. Some sort of pressure sensor, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> the, the and Nick, when are you? When are you? Um, when you know? When's the date for the big challenge? Uh, to be confirmed, but because it depends on when Guinness get back to me. Because you apply to Guinness and then and you tell them what you're going to do. And for me, it's very s- simple because I just cut and paste what was already there. So I'm not inventing something new. There is a world record out there. So I just cut and paste it. So there shouldn't be much of a review. Then they do, they've do. they got about a 12-week turnaround. And because of COVID, it's a little bit longer, about a 16-week turnaround. So 16 weeks is up middle of March. So whatever happens, I should get a, an answer. And then I'm aiming to go end of March, beginning of April, probably Easter Saturday. Okay. So I, we I, well, God, we're going to have to dig into this because I used I loved the Guinness Book of Records when I was a kid, but I also used to remember the Roy Castle uh, program. Mm. Do, do you guys breakers. remember those record breakers? Um, so I like like what is like what is the process? Who do you write to? I mean, obviously Roy Castle isn't around any longer, but you know, I oh, I've got to find out more. Ian, Ian McWhorter, mm. wasn't it? They had the twins. Uh, yes, Norris, Norris McWhorter. Norris. Oh Norris, that was it, yeah. And it was Ian, I'm sure was it was his was his brother. Was it? Oh right, right. I, yeah, I yeah, didn't know that one. Yeah. I didn't know that one. But I know yeah. I knew that Norris Morata set up the the book mm. and, oh, okay. and the, the whole setup. But he also he was the commentator at Ifley Road when Roger Bannister broke the four minute mile. He was the guy who said in a new club athletic all comers, British, European and world record, 
the time three minutes and he was the guy who said it wow at Ifley Road wow incredible yeah he, he did you know some that. really interesting stuff. i've got some really nerdy knowledge i'm really no sorry. no, no. no, no. <laughs> this is this is all nerdy don't worry, don't worry. <laughs> so yeah jason so so you're you're that's that's what i do i, I would like how do you how do you do that do you just do it and then send it in send in a video or something and someone looks at it um but no you, you apply you apply and you can apply through the normal route which is free uh, pretty much, and uh, you you just type in on the Guinness website. You type in your what you're going to do, and they and send it off. And they go, someone in an office somewhere looks at it and says, "Yes, that's fine," or "No, it's not," for whatever reasons. And then um, and sends you back um, a yay or a nay. But also there'll be standards as well, so there are you know, so, so that you can directly compare world records. Very easy when you're running five thousand meters, but if you're you know I don't know breaking watermelons open with your head you've got to have a, a standard right so you, you people can compare what you're doing and mm. same with burpees so that's that's what i've done so you're so tell us how many do you have to do in an hour right so um the world record is 870 in one hour which works out at exactly 14 and a half a minute for an hour and that is that currently held by a guy called Macaulay Jones, mm. who is a racing car driver from Australia. Right. Um, and I've, you know, reached out to him and said hello and, and, um, and I had a look at his biog and stuff. And, and you realize, firstly, how fit these racing drivers are, but also they're all small. You know, he's, he's a, he's a whippet. He's, yeah. you know, there's no excess timber on this guy. And also, you know, he's 20 years younger than me. Well, well. No, that was my next question, actually. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I would definitely be the oldest if I get it, I'll be the oldest by some considerable margin to, to get this thing. Fantastic. Um, which would be, which would be fantastic. You know? So, Get, going back to to some of the burpee challenges that that we've done together, um, so I remember you came around to my clinic for a for a catch up one day, and we were we were we were just into the three hundreds of our of our burpee year. Mm. We were it was so it was around about November time, early November, and you said, "Oh, I'm doing," because I was doing ten a minute every minute. And then you said, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to try and do it all in half an hour. At which point I thought, oh, bugger. <laughs> I'm going to have to do it in half an hour now. So suddenly all my t- all, they all became more condensed. Now, on the last day, so New Year's Eve, we, did, we were around at your gym. Yep. And it was, it was, we started with 12 a minute for the first God knows. And then the last, I think the last five minutes was 13 a minute. And that was, yep. that was tough going. So you've had to work out. You're going to have to do... With with a variation, you know, suddenly you have to do t- an extra two. So that how many how many? So you're doing that in about what fifty seconds? Yeah. So so there are two, and I've it's like anything. If you look into it in great great enough detail, suddenly it gets really interesting to you, but to no one else, right? So well, I, I'm I'm definitely I'm no definitely interested. <laughs> so there are two ways of doing this. Basically, either steady, no breaks, crack on. And yeah. just get into a rhythm and go. Mm. And that would be for 15 a minute. So my aim, I've called it Project 900. Try and do 900 a minute. It's a nice round number. It's, I reckon it's doable. 
Um, and that would be 15 a minute, one every four seconds for an hour. Yeah. And when I say out loud, I mean, that's madness. Yeah, but, I, but actually, you know, <laughs> I, and, and I can either go look one every four seconds for an hour. Mm, mm. Um, and I, there's some interesting stuff about pacing as well that I'll come back to in a minute. But the other, the other way of doing it is the way we did it, Greg, which is you knock them out at a good rate and you have mm. 10 seconds, 15 seconds rest mm. at the end of the minute to mm. kind of shake it out and breathe mm. and so on. I've tried both. And for me, the EMOM, the every minute on the minute, mm. seems mm. to work a bit better. Mm. So I, would, I get it. If I try and deliberately do it at about one every four seconds, I feel that's not my natural rhythm. Yeah. I feel my natural pace is a little bit quicker. <clears throat> so I end up doing them in about 48 to 50 seconds, mm. pretty much spot on, and then having 10 seconds rest. I'm currently – so. I'm gradually so my my training generally speaking is I do one day a week where I do an hour mm. and I've been slowly building the pace on that because mm. you've just got to get used to the muscles and the ligaments and the tendons very slowly strengthening because if you mm. overload them too quickly you're just going to get injured mm. and so far so good one day a week which I did yesterday I do not look forward to this in any way shape or form it's the it's the speed threshold red line session where you've mm. got to go quicker so if you if you're training for a 5k and you really want to do for your 5k mm. what you actually do is you do reps of a mile quicker than the pace you're going to do your 5k mm. with mm. rest so you're, you're used to that speed mm. so that mm. when you slow down to your 5k pace mm. it feels a bit more comfortable yeah. so it means i've got to go i've got to go i thought 15 a minute was pretty fast but i'm doing you know 18 a minute 19 a minute for five minutes then five minutes rest and then doing it again three times and by the end of that i'm in a gibbering mess <laughs> and so you know i do not look forward to thursday no no <laughs> but no. they've got to be done you know they've got to mm. be done and then and then i have a half hour session at the weekend where it's every minute on the minute but i do it kind of quicker mm. so so currently i'm on 13 a minute for an hour which is 780 in the hour, which is okay. I can do that because I've built mm. it up very slowly from 10, mm. 11, 12, 30 over the last six weeks or so. I'm on 18 or 19 a minute for the red line sessions, which is just awful. And then, and then the half hour session, I'm on 14 a minute, 14, 14 and a half, so 14, 15, 14, mm. 15, 14, 15. Mm. And I'm going to build that up to 16 a minute so that when I'm doing 15 a minute for the hour, then mm. that's the theory anyway. So, so far, so good. I'm slowly building it up and um, a few more weeks left. And Nick, are you going to, are you going to do an hour or a few hours sessions at 15 a minute before you, before you sort of say, right, this is my record attempt. I'm going to get, I'm certainly going to get to 14 and 15. So my my I reckon that probably on the day, and I'm still working out exactly how I'm going to do it, is I'm probably going to do 14. And this comes back to the thing about pacing that I, I was talking about. We've I've looked at uh, the cycling hour world record a fair bit. Um, this is also mentioned in um, I don't know if you come across Ross Edgley, the guy who swam around Britain. He's got a couple of really good books, very scientific sporting books and with a lot of research in it and there's a little bit about the hour world record in there um and i've kind of delved into it 
And it's really interesting that all the people who pace it properly start off about world record place, slow down a little bit, and then gradually speed up by halfway they're bang on or just below, and then they get faster and faster and faster. So you're going to so do negative end, splits effectively. So you're gradually negative splitting. And, and, and I get that because for me, as I've got older, <clears throat> I found that I cannot go from zero to 100 miles an hour. I have, I have to get the heart warmed up and I have to get the blood pumping. And then once I'm in a rhythm, I know I can then kind of push it. You did say actually on our um, before our 365 in your gym, you said I- I'm more of a diesel engine. I yeah, need to- <laughs> I need to warm up a bit. <laughs> yeah, that's true, and I still I feel that. And actually, as I've got older, I've I used to be kind of small and nippy, and now I'm definitely there's no nippiness there. It's it's a <laughs> it's a it's a grind. But but, um... <laughs> but Nick, that's a that's a I think a common theme. So we. Um, you may not have listened to it yet, but we we interviewed um, Professor Andrew Jones, who's a who was a, a, a really top runner in his day as a teenager, um, and and I think you know as he said, if he hadn't had the sort of injuries and stuff that he had, he probably could have made it to an Olympics. So he was a very very good runner, and now um, you know he's fifty one this year, and he's going to break. Oh, he's going to try and break his three hour marathon uh, barrier basically he's come very close to it so i think he feels confident that he can do it but he was saying the same thing that he he can't just when he goes out for a run you know he can't he can't just press on the gas like he used to that he's got a he's got a build and i i personally I've, i'm the same with cycling i can't i can't just um jump on the bike and then suddenly go to a million miles an hour but but if you if you ask me to step on the gas you know um from halfway or, or even a little bit before um, I can and I can ramp it up, but mm. so I think it's a yeah. common yeah. common theme. I wouldn't feel, uh, uh, yeah. It's I think everyone's in the same boat here. Yeah. yeah. So so I, so the idea is to to do exactly that. It's to kind of start off at fourteen a minute, which is a which extrapolated would be eight hundred and forty. I you can I've really thought about this. <laughs> then go 40, 14, 15 alternate minutes up to about half an hour. So I'll be a little, just a little bit behind and then probably go from half an hour, go 15 a minute, and then kind of just try and go nuts for the last five or six minutes. Um, and I think, I hope that would get me to 900. I, it should get me well over 870. Whether I can get the last 30, I might fall a little bit short, but as long as I go over 870, you know, Great. Is that, is that why you chose 900 just to give yourself a target? There's a buffer of 30. You didn't say, I just, I'm just going to do 871. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, that's it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I need to, Over I need to you, to... Aussie guy. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and there's, um, uh, I, need a, I need a buffer because on review, Guinness might say, oh, actually, rep number 256 was an, mm. wasn't a good rep. And that wasn't a good rep, and that wasn't a good rep. So you know, I might have half a dozen poor reps. If I've got eight hundred seventy-one, then I don't get it. Right. So yeah, aiming for a bit more. So cool. does somebody actually have to watch you do it, or does does it just do you video yeah. it and then send the video in? How how does that work? Uh, both actually. Um, you've got to have, and this is part of the reason why I'm waiting for Guinness to get back to me to get exact standards but you've got to have some external people at least one it might be two external people watching you and that means not even members of the gym they've got to 
just be not affiliated with the gym or with me in any way, shape or form. And they come in and sit and watch. I've got to video it from two angles, front and side, which, you know, makes sense, mm. um, which I'll live stream. Um, you know, I, I, this is all just so that people don't cheat the system, right? And, and rightly so. I mean, I'm not there to cheat the system. I'm genuinely, this is just a massive challenge. And it's like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to mm. really give mm. it a crack and see what happens. Mm. If, I, if I fall short, I fall short, but I know I've given it, mm. you know, everything. Um, but yeah, external viewers and videoed and you send the video in, um, and, but someone local, I believe. So my coach will be, you know, um, telling me what the rep scheme is and telling me how I'm doing and and so on. So I can basically devolve all mental responsibility to someone else and then, and I can just crack on. And, and does, 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 um, does your coach or those two neutral observers, do they do they tell you oh that wasn't up to standard that one or do you just do you just not know whether they're up to standard you just you just bang them out and at the end if you've done let's say you've done nine hundred they say well actually you only did eight hundred and ninety because ten of those weren't weren't up to standard. Um, I don't know the answer to that. I'm assuming someone will go no rep, but but I don't know when that that's part of the reason why I need to get uh, the the fine details of of exactly what Guinness require or will tell me um, will is to be found out. But, uh, but looking at videos and speaking to other people, I've seen, you know, there are certain markings on the ground you've got to have to make sure your feet go back far enough and then come forward far enough and your hands, there are X's on the floor where your hands need to go and so on and so forth. So there, but I've worked all that out and that's the way I'm training already. So that's not going to be a big surprise. It's just, um, yeah, there's those fine details about if someone says no rep and in my head, I've got to figure out, do I try and get an extra rep in that minute or do I just stick to what I'm doing? I think I'm yeah. just going to stick 100% to what I'm doing. Don't get thrown by that yeah. and push on. Cause as so, soon as you start getting extra reps in, then you've got a slightly less recovery for that minute. And then each little bit just slowly accumulates over the hour. And whatever you do, don't stop and argue. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think you'll find, Mr. Referee. <laughs> that, I saw chalk dust. <laughs> but that's, but is, is, that's, that's quite a lot of added pressure, though, isn't it? If somebody is standing there saying, you know, psychologically, no rep. Um, because it's it's going to be hard for you to to sort of, you know, if you have a couple of those in a row, um, think, oh, crikey, I'm going to have to make those up. Am I going to? increase my pace you know what it's going to it's going to be in your head isn't it it is um and so the, the thing i, I imagine this is, this is it's a really been a really interesting exercise for me i mean i've done a, a lot of exercise things i played rugby with greg for a long time um and i went through triathlon phases and running phases and you know and i kind of i like just jumping from bits you know from one thing to another and doing it for a few years and, and it's great i thoroughly enjoy it but I've never done anything where it's it's that proper um, marginal gains, where you're looking at everything in minute detail. I've just gone on a bike and gone for a ride and really enjoyed it and gradually increased the distance, right, or gone up some mountains. And it's been great fun. Um, but this is the first time I've ever almost like a, an Olympic-level sort of athlete has to look at every tiny little detail. And he said, you know, you have to sweat the small stuff. You have to go, well, what happens if they say no rep, no rep, no rep? And I've 
and so I thought I've, I've said, right, well, I'm going to basically ignore it. Um, and I'm going to stick to my rep scheme and I'm going to have a, I've got my, in my head, I've got the last five minutes where it's just tunnel vision, stars in front of the eyes, leave no doubt at all that I I couldn't, I didn't leave anything on the floor, just, you know, collapse in a heap at the end. And I might need to shift that to six minutes if I've had a few no reps. Mm. And so that's what I've got in my head. It's like, I'm going to stay exactly what I'm going to do. I'm not going to change it at all, but I might need to see if I can just go bananas for an extra minute at the end. So, you know, we'll see. I think I think Eddie Merckx called the – when he did the hour record, he said it, it took him – he said it, it ruined his, the following year's um, – his his whole year was was almost ruined by it. <laughs> uh, yeah. But he called, he called it the hour of truth. And, yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> it's like but there also, is no, I have to say, Eddie, to hide. Eddie Merckx uh, was an idiot when he did his hour <laughs> – world record right because yeah. you know that thing when i said well you start off and you just mm. bit slower and you gradually build he set off like a rocket mm. he got a world class 3k time in the first 3k of his hour world record mm. i mean madness mm. yeah if he'd done it properly he would have smashed it out the park i mean he broke it but everyone was kind of going well oh, surprised it wasn't a bit further but he yeah. would have just not – he would have added another kilometre onto his hour time if he'd paced it properly. But he didn't – he got a really good 10K – first 10K of his hour world record. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, the, it's the textbook definition of how not to do an hour world record, and he still broke it. That's how good he was. Yeah, yeah. Incredible. <laughs> and, 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 and I know this might sound silly, but, I mean, what about clothes? I mean, do you – I mean – is it, is it, do you wear trainers? Is, do you do this in bare feet or socks? Um, you know, yeah. Um, it's, yeah, that's, you know, sweat the small stuff. I've tried trainers, really lightweight trainers, and um, I'm still debating. I'm, I keep trying one way or other or socks. Um, are, are you allowed to slide? Do you have to step back? You No, you can slide okay. as long as your feet go beyond a certain point. Okay. And that's going to be marked out on the ground. Um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, yes, that's the, uh, and I've tried the, the really, I've got some really lightweight trainers, the, the, the ones that are supposed to be almost, you know, uh, like not wearing trainers, like, like, mm. um, you know, the ones I mean, like the yeah, neutral, yeah. Yeah, yeah. very little sole and that kind yeah, of thing. So yeah. very lightweight. So I've tried those, but actually the little bit of slide, a tiny bit of slide is helpful. Mm. Because what I've found is, is, is you start off in a certain, certain way of moving your body with a certain amount of pressure on your shoulders and a certain amount of pressure on your legs. Your legs get a real pounding with this, actually, which is a bit of a surprise to mm, me. Mm. Um, but then as you get into the hundreds, that repetitive strain, you have to shift slightly to change the point of pressure. So I end up shifting slightly back and taking more on my legs and and kind of jackknifing with my hips up Mm. a bit more and then then shifting back a bit, uh, back to my original position. So you're kind of shifting slightly to just take the the strain. You're not putting the strain on exactly the same point of the same ligament or the same joint 900 times. Mm. Um, And that seems to work for me. I'm just really having had some shoulder issues in the past, 
I'm just really cautious about making sure that everything is strong and nothing is just going to mm. give mm. way. I I remember so when we in 2017 when we we're doing our burpee year. Um, so the, the four of us had a little WhatsApp group, and it was, it was fantastic to have that sort of support. So you probably don't have that at the moment. You're you're probably in your own little world, your own little burpee world. <laughs> so have, yeah. so probably so probably today talking about it is probably quite possibly quite helpful. It's very um, therapeutic. But but, but I, I remember <laughs> I remember we used to, there's lots of joking going on, lots of joking going on in, in our WhatsApp group. But I remember asking the question, right? What's your you know? In our, when we're up to 200s or 300s, you know, what's, what's the worst one? And we all joke, oh, number 273 is always the worst. You know. For me, the worst one was always the first one. And it, not because it was hard. It was just because, right, once I've started, I know that I'm going to be in, in an absolute mess in half an hour. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's like I, if I don't do it, I'll be fine. But I'm going to have to do it because <laughs> the other guys are doing it. And that's going to really, <laughs> it's going to really bug me if I don't do it. So, so it's the first one was always like, oh, God, this is horrible. And then once I've started, I was all right. How, yeah. how, how, are you, how do you approach this when you know it's so bloody awful and you're the only one doing it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it, it, I have to say, I mean, bless them, my, my wife and kids don't care <laughs> at all. I've been putting my progress up on Instagram and um, there's a video of me doing looking awful you know, at the end of one of these sessions, and I'm just tripping like this, and I'm bent over, and I'm about to collapse. I'm coughing up a lung, and all you can hear in the background is going, "Mummy, have you got the red pen?" And then next to me, coloring something in, and you're just like, <laughs> no interest at all. But but in many ways, that kind of brings you down yeah, to earth, yeah, which is very yeah, nice. Yeah. But you're right that that banter has uh, <laughs> was was great, especially towards the end of the year. Yeah. Um, I I've been. Very, I've been I've been lucky that, that even with the gyms being closed, um, I I message my um, coach on a regular basis, um, and he, and he's just he just said, look, your your programming is good. Crack on if you need to chat. Just just send me a message. You, know? you have a burpee coach. No, 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 no. I. That's incredibly specialist. <laughs> Well, I'm disappointed you didn't ask me, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's um. So, so, so the, the gym I go to. So I, I go to a CrossFit gym, and and within CrossFit there are a lot of burpees. You know, it's a, it's a standard. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a really good exercise for many many reasons. Um, and so when I when I and I've been going to the gym once a week, twice a week, maybe for six or seven years. It's great. It's all loaded. I, I think it's great. Many people have pros and cons about CrossFit, but I think it's great because it's an all-over body thing. I'm not lifting huge weights. I'm never going to be that person, but it keeps you fit and keeps you on your toes. And uh, so I, I actually – so the coach I got, because I, I I did a lot of obstacle course racing, you know, the Spartan races and Tough Mudders mm-hmm. and things like that. And um, sorry, I'm going to go back a step further. Right. So – I played rugby with Greg for a long time. I've run around ever since I could stand up. But the thing I could do was run around a lot 
and usually outlast most other people by just running around a lot. <laughs> and that was pretty much the limit of my skills. <laughs> I could run around a lot. So, and actually being able to run around more than the person on the other side of the net or on the other team gets you quite a long way in sport mm. until you meet someone else who can run around a lot and has skill. So, <laughs> so then you bug it. I could do, yeah. And then you just go, well, that's that really. But I, I, that, that's been, that's my wheelhouse is, is I can just keep going, you know? Um, so, Something that, um, but, but I was never really fast. I never had a really fast 5K time. It was, you know, it was 18 and a half or 19 minutes, which is fast enough. It's just not super fast. I'm never going to get anywhere with that time. Um, and then, but then I also had sort of the upper body from the rugby. So I was, I was all right at, at climbing ropes and doing burpees and stuff like that. So then the Spartan races came along and I thought, oh, I'll give that a crack. That just looks like fun. And the first one, and at the time I was doing <laughs> another thing that I was doing I, I ended up doing ultra marathons for quite a while and thoroughly enjoyed it you know, great fun but I was knocking out 13 miles on a regular basis without too much too much problem I, was, I looked at the Spartan races and went oh look there's a there's one of these beast ones which is 20 something kilometers and through the woods through the mud up to your knee in what we shall optimistically call mud and um and and do a load of obstacles and i just thought that was great fun so i signed up and i went yeah great it's turned up i said i'll put myself in an age group rather than open because open is your proper fun runners there's the elite which clearly i wasn't and then i thought right i'll, I'll stick myself in an age group which means there are going to be lots of other people who are going to be running rather than walking or you know just getting to the end i want to push myself you know just see what i can do Thoroughly enjoyed it. Got round to two hours twenty or something, two, two and a half hours for fourteen miles. Um, and at the end, I went to put my my little clip in, you know, the timing chip. And they said, "Oh, well done, you came eighth." I was like, "What?" And they said, "Yeah, you came come eighth." Um, and did you know this was the national championships? I was like, "What?" <laughs> I was sort of eighth in my age group, and I th I just kind of run around and enjoy myself so i thought oh hang on a second i might actually be quite good at this so i signed up for a 5k which is at olympic park and i'm in you know i'm in center of fairly central london so that was just up the road for me and um and i won it and um and i thought crumbs I'm, i really am quite good at this so it's the running with obstacles and and generally that ability to hurt yourself as well mm. so so i did all that and then so i went to my gym coach and i just went look it turns out I'm quite good at this. Perhaps could you set me up with a – and I was just, you know, blagging it. I was just going for a few runs a week, and I was going to the gym a couple of times a week um, and ended up being – this just seemed to be what I was good at. So I said to my coach, I said, this is where we're at. I Can you sort me out with a proper training scheme? For the first time in my life, I've never trained properly. I mean, ever. Mm. I've always just done stuff and then just turned up on a Saturday – and played rugby, for example. And, um, and he said, yeah, absolutely. And he set me up with a training scheme. Um, and I noticed a difference. I mean, I know it's such a stupid thing to say now, but you get a proper training scheme if someone knows what they're doing. And it sorts you out. So aged 46, I got a 5K PB. Um, aged 46, so, you know, faster than I did when I was 21 and doing triathlons and so on. 
um, age 46, I was stronger than I've ever been before. And that combination was a real eye-opener for me in two ways. One, that I could do this stuff to a reasonable level. But two, I look back wistfully and think, well, what could I have done with my 20s mm. if I hadn't been mm. drinking so much, quite frankly? <laughs> well, train, training smart, I think, is the... Training smart. Yeah, that's yeah. that's that's the thing. Whereas, you know, so, you'd, you'd have so applied I've t- no smartness at all probably to your previous training. Zero. Absolutely none. So I just took, so what I did was I looked at that programming and I said, and I just came up with the burpee programming for myself in a very similar way, which is so those speed sessions go faster than you need to so that you can come down to the speed you need to and it feels comfortable. You've got to get the hour in there because the last 10 minutes is going to hurt. Um, and you've got to get tempo pace in there. So that combination, and then I do some extra stuff so still go for runs um a couple of times a week and still do some accessory work on shoulders and back and hips and stretching um and i've no and there's been a massive difference so greg you know when we were doing the end of our year we were doing 12 Mm. minute and then 13 Mm. minute Mm. and at the end we were uh, Mm. Mm. and we but we noticed that within a a few minutes we were fine but the four guys who came along they were all coaches at the gym were ruined because they'd gone from zero to three six five, and we'd gone three six four to three six five, mm. so we'd got used to it, and they were ruined for yeah. like a couple of days, and we were five mm. minutes later we were fine. So in the same way that I've been trying to build this up this hour, I've been started off. I just said, look, stick your ego in a drawer and ignore it, <laughs> and then start off at nine ten a minute. Fine, we're going to do that for a couple of weeks. Eleven a minute. 11 and a half a minute, 12 a minute, 12 and a half. And I'm just slowly, slowly picking up. I'm now on 13 a minute, which is 780, and felt perfectly fine. Um, so keep going. Well, um, the I remember in the gym, um, there was a sign on the on the big sign on the wall in metal writing. So when we did our when we did the 365 in your gym, it was uh, and it said uh, strong people are harder to kill. And, <laughs> and I love, I love that. I love that. I, I, I quote it to my patients all the time. And it's in, and for me, it's almost like a small little mantra that, and in a way it sort of defines what I'm doing as I'm getting older is just to try and stay strong in some way, shape or form. Um, because you are harder to kill because <laughs> it, yeah. And, but the strength can be interpreted in terms of mental strength or, or physical strength. But yeah, if you're physically strong, you're going to be generally more likely to be healthier, um, and, and, to, and deliver more fruitful life. And that, and so that's, that's, I love that. And it's just, it's stuck with me. That's, we then yeah, did half an hour of burpees and <laughs> yeah, yeah. pool of sweat. Yeah. Well, there's it, it, it resonated with me as well. There's there is a, a an American general surgeon called Atul Gawande who you may or may not have heard of, but he's clearly very smart, and he was part of the WHO team that came up with the operative checklist to make sure you're not no never events should happen like you take out the wrong kidney or whatever it is but there's there's a checklist now he's one of these these guys you know he's super bright super smart and he went round uh, in one of his book uh, one of his books it's it's about the the dying process and about how so many people die in hospital but actually people want to die at home and it's it's a fascinating book but one of the things he 
did was speak to a, a geriatrician and, and one, something he, they said stuck in my head, which was all, if you ask an old person, 70-year-old, 80-year-old, 90-year-old, actually proper geriatric patient up, up towards 100, if you ask them stuff, you know, can you do this, can you do this, invariably they're going to be able to say only a little bit or, or no to a lot of those questions. And this geriatrician had boiled it down to one question, which was, can you do up your shoelaces? Which is, are you flexible to, enough to bend over and get to your shoes? Are your fingers uh, dexterous enough to be able to tie a bow? And are you strong enough to then stand up afterwards? And it was maintain muscle mass mm. is the just the, the one mm. thing you can do to extend mobility into old age is maintain muscle mass. Now, I've always, as soon as I read that, it's resonated so strongly with me that I've always been sort of the aerobic side, you know, tried to do long distance running and triathlons and stuff. But then I, I almost immediately started incorporating some sort of strength program in, you know, w w with no particular goal, but just to maintain muscle mass. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I remember one of, you know, one of your podcasts, you were saying you, you, your health is one of your assets pay in now. Mm. Yeah. I was just going to say, Nick, are you, are you philosophically now coming at this? I know you've got your world record attempt in this, and, and that's, a, that's a specific challenge, but but are you approaching exercise generally and well-being from an investment perspective? Um, I, th I think more, more so as I'm getting older, uh, more so. <clears throat> I mean, I, I've always just sort of run around. I've always been sporting. And I think, you know, the three of us are probably very similar is that we've always done stuff and that's what we've always done. And that's just innate in us. And in many ways you kind of can't understand people who haven't don't do that, but people just, some people, it's not in them, you know, it's just not a part of their personality. So, um, that, that's, so, so to a degree, I mean, I've always done it. I remember meeting my wife, um, and, our, one of our first dates, she was like, oh, what are you doing this weekend? I said, well, I'm, I'm running a marathon on Saturday. And she said, what are you doing on Sunday? I said, I'm running a marathon on Sunday as well. <laughs> she <laughs> still married you. I know. And she, I, was, I was training up for the Marathon des Sables. I mean, it was a long time ago now. But it was at that point, it was like two months to go. And I was just doing marathons every weekend, back to back. And, um, and I said to her, I said, you know, and despite that she went out on a date with me and um and i said to her you fell asleep <laughs> <laughs> and i said to her i said you know i mean this is kind of what i do and it's not going to change and she just went yeah that's fine it's like all right and you know happily married 10 years later so cool. uh so there's that but then jason exactly what you said from the other side as i've got older you know I, I'm, I'm a surgeon i do head and neck cancer cases the divergence I see between me and my health status and people of my age who are coming in to get checked out for cancer as I've got older has just slowly drifted apart. And you can see people who stay fit and healthy um, and, and not, not going crazy. You know, enjoy life. Have your, have your glass of wine and have your cake, but stay healthy. 
versus people who don't. And you can see that divergence. So, and you start seeing it at 40. And now I'm 46. I'm just already, I see the gap is big and it's only going to get bigger and bigger. Um, so seeing that discrepancy has also made me think I've got, to, I've got to pay in, I've got to pay in. And I, and I am, I, so I, I agree with what you guys said on, on, on your, um, on your podcast, you just pay in now and you will reap the rewards. I have no doubt. Well, you're yeah. definitely going to be paying in with this, uh, world record <laughs> challenge. I think that, that you definitely paid in for that. Um, obviously we don't have a, a date yet. But I mean, Greg and I, 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 I can speak hopefully for Greg as well, but we'd love to kind of get you back in and mm. sort of see where the progress is with that. Um, I'd, I'd love to. And, and I think we should try and figure out a way of how we can, because um, you said you were live streaming it. So this is going, this is happening in your gym, right? Yes. Well, if, as long as the gym opens, of course. Um, that's the other thing is we've got to wait for that all to, to happen. So as long as it is, it will be. <clears throat> can I mention the gym? Mm. Yeah, 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 right. yeah. So, yeah, yeah. so it's um, it used to be CrossFit Thames. It's now Fortitude Fitness London, um, which is Canary Wharf area, and um, uh, it'll it, that's where it will be. That's where Greg and I did our last day of our um, burpee challenge in 2017, and um, yeah, it'll be live streamed from there. Live streamed on Instagram or uh, where? Probably facebook i think um i might set up two or three and just have them going you know on instagram and facebook uh but but i will i'll work out the details and i i promise i will let you know well we'll get you back in when you get your date and you've got you've got more details and then um, we'll we'll have a catch up where you are one one more thing i, I can see you're beginning to wrap this up jason <laughs> but um I, I was I was, I was chatting to Jason about what we could um, sorts of questions we could uh, try and ask our guests, and um, I, I I came up with there's two I'm going to ask you, Nick. Mm. So you're the first person to ask these. So right. it's like a desert island disc of exercise. Okay, so if you could choose one <laughs> exercise, not you're on a desert island, but you're only allowed to do one exercise, what would you do? It's got to be a burpee, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I knew you said that. Well, there, well there, was, um, there was there was there was a there was a um, an exercise physiologist over in America. And I remember re when we were doing our burpee challenge year, I read that he said that if it, bur the burpee is just a brilliant exercise, and he said if I he said if I could only do two exercises, it would be skipping and burpees. Oh, that's mm. a good shout. Yeah. I would if yeah. I had two exercises, it would be running and burpees. Yeah. Well, the other one, the other one. The other question is the Groundhog Day of exercise. If you had, you'd only do one exercise over. What, what would you repeat? It doesn't have to be an exercise. It could be an event, like like, um, gotcha. a, a, yeah, it's like a, yeah. a great cycle ride or or whatever. What would it be? What would be your? From, as in, from my experience, yeah, just over life, something yeah, I've yeah. done, yeah, um, like a tough mother. You think, yeah, that's a great question. That's a great question. I think. <clears throat> There are two things that I've done that have really, really stick in my head. And, and both of them involve a combination of watching the sun come up over the mountains mm. and having already done a lot of exercise. So you're tired, <laughs> okay. you're yeah. drained, you're plowing on, you're focused, you've been going through the night and then the sun comes up over the mountains and I've, 
I, it's kind of indescribable. And it's kind of something where you go, I, I am not a wordsmith, so I can't, I'm verbose, mm. but I'm not a wordsmith. <laughs> <laughs> but, so I can't describe that feeling. But I, I did a race, the ultra trail of the Mont Blanc, and the, you set off at six in the evening. So the first thing you do is run through the night. So you're in the Alps in the, in, at night at 4.30 in the morning, and then and you're going, well, you know, when's the next stop? I need to eat something. I need to drink something. And then the sun comes up, and you're at 3,000 meters or 2,500 meters, and the sun comes up, and it's almost spiritual. It's astonishing thing to experience. Um, and the other one was uh, in North Wales doing exactly the same thing. I had a top of Snowdon, sun coming up, temperature inversion, all the clouds in the valley, and we're walking along Crib Goch, which is this sort of knife edge at 4.30 in the morning, and the sun's coming up. And it's my screensaver on my computer, and it's just – it's very difficult to describe. But if, if I could do one thing over and over again, it would be something to do with having done exercise, being tired, being focused in the mind, and then the sun comes up over the mountains. It's nothing like mm. Cool. Wow. That's a good answer. Love that. We, we'll, we'll ask him the one about his favourite exercise after he's done the. Uh, <laughs> he may well change his answer then. <laughs> Fantastic. Brilliant. Brilliant. Thanks, Nick, and uh, we'll um, we'll catch up again before your challenge. Absolute pleasure. Midlife Athlete Podcast is supported by Health and Fitness Solutions. Health and Fitness Solutions is a well-established and highly respected provider of physiotherapy and podiatry services based in the City of London and Harley Street. We take pride in being able to offer a wealth of experience and expertise in dealing with a wide range of muscular skeletal conditions, from acute sprained ankles through to the more complex and long-standing issues that have failed with treatment elsewhere. We are dedicated to getting you better. For a full list of the services we offer, visit our website, hfs-clinics.co.uk.